to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. Today, I'm going to be talking about being grateful for the pain that we have experienced throughout our lives. And so in sobriety, we do this thing, uh, inventory thing, where we evaluate our role in our relationships and we look at any damage that we may have done to others while we were drinking. So we are to look past the wrongs that others have done to us and just look at our role. And you can imagine that that gets very challenging when you start looking at, you know, situations where somebody may have been abused or something like that. Like, what is my role? You know, um, I did not feel that I had any extreme case like that or situation that I had to evaluate in my, um, life, but, um, I have had lots of conversations with others that have, and uh, <clears throat> it, it does get very challenging. Um, but today, what I wanted to look at is, you know, in the program, we're looking at, at our role and not what others have done to us. Um, but I want to look at today what others have done to me. Um, Now I'm not going (laughs) to go into all these examples of what others have done to me. I'll probably be a little more general. But I think what's important about it is that if I didn't go through all the experiences that I did throughout my life, I wouldn't be where I am today. So there is this level of gratitude I have for the pain that I have gone through. Um, And as I sit here today in the middle of this uh, situation where I'm trying to recover from my stroke, that happened two years ago and I've got this pain, this chronic pain in my head, I've mentioned, you know, I can't necessarily see the happy ending right now. You know, I can't necessarily see what's on the other side of this mountain that I'm climbing. But because I've climbed a mountain before in sobriety and saw what it's like to get to the other side, that there is things, there is something positive that's always waiting on the other side. If nothing else, it's, it's a little more serenity. It's a little more peace. It's a feeling of accomplishment. And so I'm not totally clear on what that is that's waiting for me on the other side. And I think 
that's why I think it's important to to do this project uh, because I started the podcast right when I decided to full-on focus on my recovery from my stroke and and without being able to see what's ahead of me um, I think it's going to be interesting as we journey together to see where it is that I end up, you know, what, what, what ends up happening? Um, because I'm not going to sit here and let whatever it is happen to me. I'm going to be a participant on this journey. And so I'm excited to have people um, being a part of that journey with me so that we can find out together what, how this, how this ends. I don't know. I, I, hopefully it doesn't end. <laughs> hopefully it just keeps going and, and it's positive. So, um, so I've talked about, it might've been yesterday or the day before, I'm not sure, uh, how when I was drinking, I was always looking outside of myself for other people to make me happy. I was always, uh, I think it was yesterday that I said like in middle school and high school, I said I should have included college, that I always felt like if I wasn't out with everyone that I was missing something. You know, if I wasn't aware of the party or, you know, I always made sure I had my finger on the pulse as to what everybody was doing, where all the alcohol was going to be. And, um, and I was looking for happiness outside of myself. And, and it wasn't until I got sober that I was able to see that what I was missing was the joy that existed already on the inside of me. And so as I got more and more sober, and by that I mean getting sober doesn't mean just I stopped drinking. Getting sober is working these steps in my sobriety program and clearing out my dark place and starting to be able to fill that hole with joy and serenity and peace and as I've been doing that process and it's a lifelong change in my way of life and as I've been doing it I've had this clear shift in my mindset and it happened slowly but it's very obvious to me how differently I'm able to look at things. I've changed from having a victim mindset to being able to pause and instead of getting angry because I want to do everything I can to reject that bubbling feeling of anger that like starts deep within my gut. If I start feeling that, I try my damnedest to figure out how to avoid letting that 
overtake me. And so I've learned a lot uh, in my program and I have several tools that other people that have gone before me and done this sobriety thing have shared with me. And one of the things that has stuck with me is that concept of understanding, trying to understand rather than being so focused on making sure that other people understand me. Um, and if I'm able to, after I was able to start looking at my role in things, I was able to start being a little more honest. And, and by that I mean, like, I feel like I'm a lot braver than I used to be. I'm a lot more humble, I think, than I used to be. Where I'm not ashamed of having done something wrong. I'm not ashamed of if I happen to say something that came out wrong or hurt somebody else's feelings. I'm not as hesitant to look at myself in the mirror and admit that maybe I could have done that better. And I practice that every night, as I've shared with you. I practice, I practice every night taking a look at where I may have wronged somebody today. Where I ha have I not been kind and loving to others? And I know it sounds like I'm, I'm trying to make myself out to be some kind of, you know, angelic <laughs> being. I'm not. I'm just trying. All of this is just, I'm just trying. If I don't try, I'm not going to even begin to be successful at any of this. So I go through all of these exercises, um, mental activities to just keep practicing so that I can just continue to try to be a better human to others. But yeah, I mean, selfishly so that I can be a better human to myself. So I can be kinder to myself. And so I'm grateful for all the pain or, or else I wouldn't be where I am today. I have constructed so many stories in my head, head over the years um, with situations and relationships, how I was treated, um, I, I could have writ written some fantastic novels <laughs> if I were to just write down all of that crazy shit that has been in my head. Um, but I didn't write it down because I didn't think it was worth capturing. I, I didn't, I thought something was wrong with me. I was ashamed of those feelings and those stories that I was telling myself. And if, 
if I could have only, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you could record all of those stories that you tell yourself and then share them with your kids so that they can learn easier and faster? Because I can tell my kids, you know, this was my experience, so um, take it or leave it, really, you know. I would suggest that maybe you don't date that guy because he sounds like a real asshole. <laughs> and I know that because I dated somebody who was exactly like that when I was younger, you know. But we can't do that. We can only vocally express our experience to our kids or to our friends, to anybody. Um, if only we could somehow record those stories and share them with whoever it is that we want to help so that it, it's more real, so that they can really see how something pans out, like what happened to an individual, what is the story that they told themselves, and how did the story end, you know? Um, it's just fascinating to me. So one of the things that we learn in the program is that um, by getting sober and by working these steps, that we intuitively know how to handle things that used to baffle us. And it's pretty easy. I shouldn't say that. It's simple, but it's not easy. I actually heard that in my meeting this morning. It's simple, but it's not easy. And it takes time. And I have my whole life to do it. And I'm getting better at it. I really am getting better at it. But I have to be consistent. I have to do this every single day. And there's a reason why I'm recording an episode every single day. Why this is the Recovery Daily Podcast. Um, because it really exemplifies better than I would ever be able to express that this has to happen every day. The consist, not this podcast, but the recovery, um, all of these, you know, uh, all of these ways of trying to live better. We can't just pick and choose days that we're going to wake up and live better. We have to do it every single day. We have to, you know, does it get exhausting? Not after it becomes a habit, but I do remember one day I was driving home from work and I was almost to Charlestown and I, oh, it's the same day that I was calling all of those people in the program and they didn't pick up the phone. It was actually the same exact day um, after I had not, nobody picked up um, the phone and I kept driving I got a little teary-eyed and I said to myself out loud this is ex this is exhausting this is exhausting 
And then I remembered what I heard in the program, which is, but it's not exhausting as it is being drunk 24-7. That is exhausting. So anyway, I got on a tangent there, and I don't even know where I was going with it. Sorry. But um, I, they say that alcoholics stop growing and maturing when they start drinking and they don't start growing again until they put the drink down and I have felt that very much um I've shared about how I had a friend that passed away when I was a senior in high school this right the summer the summer yeah the summer uh, after I graduated from high school and how I didn't mourn that death properly until I got sober at the age of 42. I mean, that's fascinating to me. And if it wasn't for that struggle, for sitting on that pain of that loss for 30 years, let's see, I was 18, so 42, do the math, <laughs> uh, 30 and some change, 42, 18, why can't I do that, 20 something years, I don't know, I'm, I'm focused on, on, um, <laughs> on doing the podcast, okay, no math right now, um, if I hadn't gone through that challenge, that suffering, that aching, then I don't think I would have handled as well as I did. And I, it still felt extremely painful because loss is going to feel painful, but this individual that passed a year and a half ago that just meant the world to me um it took a year and a half and i finally feel like i have found a purpose and i have found a place in my life and in my heart where i can put him and he can give me strength after you know even though he has passed, like his memory and my love for him has a place now that I can apply it to positive things. I can apply it. I think of him so often when I do this podcast. Um, and, and that is a healthy way of, of dealing with loss. And so it is that pain, you see what I mean? It's that pain that I dealt with for decades about that guy that passed away when I was young that helped me be the person that I am today. So there's also this pain of dealing with people that are abusive to us and I have dealt with a straight-up sociopath, for sure. 
But if it wasn't for all the pain and the mistreatment, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, we, we tend to focus on the pain that others bring us. And it's hard to see the pain that they are carrying that has caused them to hand some of that pain off to others. And if we end up being in the crosshairs, you know, crossing the crosshairs, whatever, <laughs> then, um, you know, that, then we get, we get to absorb some of that pain from that person. Um, no one knows the demons that I carry. And I don't know the demons that that sociopath carries, you know? I don't know the demons that you carry or anybody else that may uh, cross me the wrong way on any given day or I cross them the wrong way on any given day. But I've talked about letting our default be to trust that others are doing their best and that they have good motives. And I also followed that up with immediately that if I'm proven wrong, then, you know, I have a side of me that, that can protect me, you know, that's bitchy Rachel. Um, but what about the people that are knowingly hurting us versus getting caught in the crossfire of someone else's pain? You know, uh, I've, I've learned in sobriety that sometimes the best action is no action. And so I've talked about this mindset, this action based mindset. That doesn't mean that you always have to do something. That doesn't mean that you always have to interject yourself. I have found um, that in certain situations, I break out that God box of mine. And uh, side note, it doesn't have to be a God box. It can be any box. You can name it anything that you want. But the purpose is for you to take that, that anger, whatever that feeling is, name it, um, identify who is making you, you know, feel that feeling or who, who has caused you to feel that way and write it down and put it in the box. And in that process of doing that, you just simply aren't taking any action to try to rectify the situation because a lot of times, at least I have found, that a lot of times things figure themselves out without me and I don't have to get involved. Oh, and man, I will bite my tongue, you know, bite my lip just just wanting to, you know, lose my shit on somebody 
because I blatantly can tell that they are lying. You know, we are standing head to head and they are lying in order for personal gain. And I am being honest, you know, I'm sure you've seen people like that. And it just makes me crazy. But back when I was drinking, I would have tried to drag their name through the mud. But it's so much more graceful to allow that person to deal with the consequences of their actions without you getting involved. And so um, this, this reference, I don't think I've referenced this yet, but forgive me if I have, but this, um, this is for my boss because he knows this. My God box, every person that I have put in my God box, aside from my boss himself, has either left my company or has been let go from my company. And in the beginning, you know, I guess when I was early on in sobriety, I would go talk to my boss about some of these personalities that um, I very much felt were not being honest. To, to say the least, we're not being honest. And, um, you know, he encouraged me to let it play out, to let people's lives play out without getting involved. And it just drove me crazy. But um, in these situations, he was right. And so what did I, so I had to do something because I couldn't just sit there and watch it. So that's where my God box came in. My God box has a little uh, stack of sticky notes in it and a tiny little pen. And I write down the person's name who is pissing me off. And I write down, let go, let God. And I put the person's name down and then I stick it in the box. And there have been times that I've put the same person in that box for days on end. For months, I have put this person's name in the box. And eventually, other people were able to see the deceit that I was seeing. And that person, uh, I no longer had to work with that person anymore. And so... Um, it's a great example for me. It's a great example of, of just not getting involved, of action, of an action-based mindset, actually including not doing anything at all. And it's hard to figure that out. It's hard to figure out when you need to get involved and when you don't. But um, I'm finding more and more that not getting involved is not only more, it's not only easier, but sometimes it's a little more fun to just watch the soap opera play out until the end. You know what I mean? So, um, 
The intense experiences, though, of pain spike our awareness. And I become a better person because of the pain that I have gone through. I have gone through situations where another person has tried to control me. And I was not able to see the other side of that mountain. It, it, I just couldn't see it. But I was reminded that if I just let things play out the way that they will naturally play out, that everything will fall into place. And, and it's, it's just so freaking hard to do that. You know, I don't, I don't know how to like help somebody learn how to play things out. You know, I just know that, um, things just seem to work better if I don't get all wrapped around the axle about it. And, and I was also reminded that Nobody can take my serenity away from me. So somebody who's trying to control me, um, they can't control me unless I let them. You know, a lot of meditation, a lot of breathing, a lot of letting go, a lot of God box. But I can't, that, that person cannot have my serenity. I refuse to give it to them. So I also heard today, uh, this, I've heard this before, you can't rise from the ashes without first being burned to the ground. And for some reason that reminds me of like when I was in college and there were these boys that I liked. Now this is like a younger person's version of being burned to the ground, but I remember just being so freaking in love with a boy and and I just got completely shit on just in every sense of it I just completely shit on I was destroyed on the inside I mean it just I felt like life was ending right then and there my life was not gonna go on and when I talk to my kids or their friends, I hear that same pain. And the last thing that I know that they want to hear when they're in pain is you are going to grow from this. You're going to be a better person from this. You're going to know how to deal with situations in the future because of this very experience that you're going through right now. And it's, you know, it's the little things that, that I tend to be grateful for today. Like when I do my gratefuls at night, it's the, I just am naming little things. But 
as time goes on and I look back at some of the things that I said I was grateful for, those became really big things. So it's hard to see things in perspective sometimes when you're right in the middle of them. I was looking at the benefits of gratitude because what we're talking about is being grateful for pain, the pain that, that we've gone through in the past. And so although a lot of the benefits tend to be, they start with psychological and social benefits, but that has a ripple effect to our physical well-being. And so here are a couple things that, uh, a couple physical benefits of gratitude. So those of you who listen and do uh, your three gratefuls every day, this is what you're doing for yourself. You're building a stronger immune system. You're getting better sleep. You're having less pains and aches. I'm sure that's because of stress. You're, it's, you're slowly releasing that stress. It, it may not even feel like it, but you're getting it out of yourself and into the universe. Better cardiac functioning and lower blood pressure. So, in general, being grateful on a daily basis can give us the motivation to bounce back in hard times because we're able to see, if we take some time and look at the pain that we've experienced in our lives and what possible benefits have come from it. What tiny little lesson did I learn? You know, what, what relationships did I go through that have helped me in my relationships today? I don't like to talk about, um, too much about my marriage and my ex-husband on this podcast because it's not fair to him, but I can, you know, I can say that that relationship helped me immensely in my life today. And I, I can't even count the ways. It has made me a better person today. It has made me have better relationships today. And it has left me motivated that, you know, things are always going to get better. They just, I don't know, they always get better. And maybe the thing that's bothering me doesn't get better. Like, for example, the loss that I experienced a year and a half ago, it's not like he's ever going to come back, you know? He's gone, but I'm going to get better. I'm going to get healthier and stronger. So I was introduced to the concept today also about being grateful to ourselves. 
and that I should thank myself for doing something nice for me. So I need to be grateful to me for all of the work I'm doing in recovery and just experience some of that self-love. And uh, for some reason, that reminds me, I'll leave you with this. Yesterday, I was, uh, I was hanging out in the house and I was talking to my dogs. So if you missed it in earlier episodes, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, no, three, a three-year-old Weimaraner, and her name is Autumn, and I have a one-and-a-half-year-old English bulldog named Boris. So these dogs are like my little shadows throughout the day. It's just the three of us all day long, every day. Like, we talk to each other, (laughs) And we take naps together. We go for walks together. Um, We're always together. And more so now since I've been taking some time away from work. Anyway, um, I guess I don't know if I'm losing my mind or or what. But I, uh, I found myself starting to tell them that I said... All right. I think they were just sitting and looking at me or something like, what are we going to do next, Mom? And I said, okay, you two. Because <laughs> they looked like they were, um, you know, waiting for their next command or whatever. I said, all right, you two. I'm going to need you to start helping around the house. Um, I'm going to need Boris. I'm going to need you since you're short and stout. I'm going to need you to start mopping the floors. We're just going to put some little mopping socks on your feet and you're going to be mopping the floors. Uh, Autumn, you're on toilet duty. And anyway, uh, I ended up making myself laugh and I said to myself, I make me laugh. I was laughing. I said, I make me laugh. And, um, and that, just that experience, you know, where I'm sitting there and just getting silly with me and my dogs it means I'm okay, you know, it means I'm okay, and all of this, all of this pain, physical pain, uh, emotional pain, all of this pain, I'm able to find joy still, and that's an amazing thing, that's an absolutely amazing thing, and I can 100% say that Probably the reason for it is because of you. Because you are listening to this. I need you. So thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.